Hey guys, for those of you that haven't joined us before, I'm John Harris. I'm a professional drummer and educator and best friends with me, Ben Jones. I am a professional bassist and educator. And over the last 15 years, we've been working, laughing and living together, navigating the ups and downs of teaching in higher education and having a jolly old time in the UK music industry. This podcast is our way to open the doors of our friendship and professional lives to discuss all things music and life. Welcome to our podcast, Beats and Best Friends. Hi guys, and welcome back to Beats and Best Friends. This is episode two. Hello. Hello. How are we doing? Good, mate. Really good. I mean, I I quite like it that we're doing this in sort of like real time now. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, before, with the first season, we would sort of record months in advance yeah. and then sort of trickle feed them as we went on. Whereas now, we're doing them and we're going to release this next week. Well, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. No, it's nice because then you don't feel like you're talking about <laughs> stuff and it's, like, been and gone for months yeah. and you're like, this is no relevance anymore at all. So, should we start with a bit of a catch-up? Yeah, let's do it. today we're going to be talking about gear setups and home studios and creating content for behind the beat and all that stuff but we like to start with a little catch-up so yeah well what have you been up to well i've just finished the first leg of the european tour for holly johnson yeah so frankie goes to hollywood so where have you gone so far so we did uh amsterdam den haag and Brussels so we've done three nice. but we, it's quite nice with Holly because we do a show well we have a travel day then we do a show then we have the day off then we do a show so really yeah. you know we're away for a couple of well a week and a half for about sort of three or four shows which is nice. quite nice what about for people who don't know what a travel day is so a, a travel day is is essentially uh, you're paid to travel to a city or to a place on tour so we'll have a, a travel day so we get to the venue a day before which is really lovely and obviously mm. not, not a lot of artists can afford to do that but it just means that we're not flying in the morning at twat o'clock yeah and then you've got the show in the evening so we will travel the day before so the next day we do the show that's always nice so you nice. feel fresh mm-hmm. that's awesome and what's been the highlight so far I think the highlight was in so in brush in Brussels they live streamed the whole show yeah and it was, I mean, the venue was incredible. I think it was 4,000 people. Nice. And it was sold out. Nice. So that was obviously an amazing atmosphere. And it's nice because obviously it's Holly's tour. They're all there to see him. It's not like yeah. we're a support act or anything. No, you're it's the like main event. We're the main event. And they have a proper recording studio in the venue. Oh, cool. So the live stream gets mixed in a studio as we're playing. Nice. Um, and they've got like these 4K cameras and there's like 10 of them. I think the guy said they're about 10 grand each per camera. So I've just got that now nice. as a reference. You know, I, I can use it for promo. And yeah. also it's just nice to watch it back and it sounds and looks amazing. And actually, although that was probably the most pressure I've ever felt, yeah, it's probably the best I've ever played. Well, there's which something was nice. in that. Is it available for public use? Yes. So, so we can link it? We can put the link in the show notes check it there out there we go nice and anything has not gone well anything that sort of derailed you or it mm, 
I don't think so. Well, that's not bad, I, is honestly, it? Honestly, I, I feel the band are so good yeah. and we've had such a like a family sort of mentality this whole tour that it's just been delicious. Like it's just really lovely hotels, beautiful venues, the fans are amazing. Um the, the food's good. It's honestly I, I'm just so excited. I got I actually got a little bit emotional um coming back from the first day because Claire's been away in America for two weeks yeah. for her job. And she was kind of seeing she saw some family when she was out there as well and she came back and she got a little bit sort of emotional she's like i'm leaving my family in america yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. and i was coming back and i was just having such a good time and loving the tour so much that i was like it was almost like a bit of a come down yeah do you know what i mean so like coming back to reality and then i got back and sort of you know went straight back into teaching and i love the teaching i really do but when you know you're in yeah, in the different. mix of the tour and Very then you different. kind of come back to reality it was a little bit of a like oh okay yeah but then we go back next week on tour so exactly it's it's so fine. it's not long before you're going to be feeling like that again mm. and what's left on the tour in terms of places so we do this is the big run now so we we do all the uk stuff so we do uh, brighton uh, glasgow liverpool twice uh, newcastle birmingham london so it's all that sort of stuff yeah. then we go off to I think we go off to Germany. Yeah. And then we go off to uh, Ireland. So you finish in Ireland. Finish in Ireland. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, that's, that yeah. sounds very good. What about you? So, obviously, start of term and all that normal stuff. But I did a really amazing gig this weekend, the, the weekend that's that just Isle passed. White? No, no. This was um, for uh, Liberty's mother. Ah. So, th- this is a, a really intense gig Mm. i think is the best way to describe this so for those of you who don't know liberty's mother is the artist name for um a friend of ours called sophie who um lost her child uh would have been 13 years ago something like that um and she has done a huge amount of work for a charity called tommy's which is about baby loss and things like that and she's done some amazing work she's um spoken in parliament which wow. is obviously the uk government yeah, yeah. um to help raise awareness to affect legislation you know it's just been the most amazing inspiring story and liberty's mother is the so liberty was her daughter who she lost and liberty's mother is songs that she wrote about that experience mm-hmm. so I look after that project for her and we don't do loads of gigs a year, but we do a few, but they are always at Tommy's events. So nearly every single person there has experienced baby loss. Wow. And it's really, I I, I posted up on Instagram that of the night because it was so intense, the feeling I got. So we were doing this thing called um, Walk for Hope, which was basically a charity uh, fundraising event that Tommy's had just started in Battersea Park. And you just walk around um, to raise money rather than running. It's a bit less intense than that. It's it's like a walk. And because it was a new event, it brought a lot of new people. And usually new people are those who have very recently lost a baby. Mm. And it was just incredibly intense because obviously you can feel the grief uh, is in the air like the air is just thick with emotion and Mm. it's like i'm not a parent myself i haven't experienced that but you don't need to to feel how much emotion comes from that so we were playing the gig and 
so we were playing on this bandstand in the middle of Battersea Park and there were lanterns all around which signified, you know, children that had been lost. Jesus. And it was, you know, when you're there and your your audience is right in front of you and there's probably, I don't know, about 200 people, something like that. And they're just all bawling. It's it's so intense. And I actually had to disconnect myself a little bit from it because if I start to think about it too much, I just, I go there. Mm. You know, I go there and it's yeah. like, but what's amazing is like, when we talk about music, it's usually with a very happy edge to it, right? Usually, you know, groove behind the boot. We don't really talk about dark things within music. We talk about obviously our you know, mental health and stuff, but we don't really have dark music going on in our lives. And this isn't dark in terms of bad, but you suddenly realize how powerful music can be. So there's one song that she sings called Love You From Here, which is really the song that she wrote, almost like a, a letter to Liberty. I've, I've seen, you, and I've you've seen, seen that. that song, and yeah. You've, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's and it's, I'm going to link Liberty's mother and all this stuff at the bottom because, you know, it's really worth checking out. And that song it just connects to people so deeply and you can haven't heard it before most of them as soon as the lyrics start settling into them you just see they just go mm. and it's just you just realize you're like it's almost like and sophie said this on on saturday night she said it's like communion like it, you know i'm not religious i don't have any sort of experience of going to church in that way but it is like being in a religious ceremony like mm. you're almost, she's almost preaching there singing the song and and, and bringing people into it and it was just amazing. And yeah. I, I mean, it was really, I carried with me for a few hours when I drove home, I sort of phoned my partner and I was just like, I feel really heavy. I feel exhausted from the emotion. But what an amazing thing to be a part of. It's mm. so unique. Like it's not a gig I can really describe to anyone. And it takes you to a different place as a musician. But I'm so grateful for that. But it is, it just makes you think a lot about life, about death, about... Mm hope about how to go on and it's yeah it, it's an amazing experience i feel genuinely really privileged to be part of it and you know to be part of people's journeys because they are really sharing the, the most yeah. uh, probably the most um sad thing that's ever happened to them but they do it with such they do it with such like conviction and like the hope is really clear obviously some people are finding it very very difficult yeah, which is totally understandable but the ones who have lost their children long ago and they st keep coming back they keep supporting because obviously it's like a big family now mm. it's amazing to see those people talk about their stuff and you know it, yeah it's, it's just an amazing thing so that that was last weekend so it was wow. quite intense but it reminded me of how incredible music can be it's beautiful that Soph uh, entrusted that to you as well. Yeah, that's quite a oh, I feel really a, quite an honour, isn't it? Really, yeah. you know the fact that she's, um, you know, something that's so dear to her and yeah. so uh, precious to her that she's just sort of, you know, giving it to you. That's kind of beautiful, really. <laughs> and it's you know, MDing that project yeah. is not about. It's about the music, of course. It's about the music, but it's so less about the mean. music. It's like these songs are not particularly complex or mm. anything, you know challenging in terms of technique but you gotta you gotta connect mm. but not too much you can't you know lose yourself in there because then you you'll break down yourself so it does require a different set of skills but to be honest songwriting lyrics connection that's what i fell in love with a very long time ago so i'm not really a stranger to those things but um it was amazing it was absolutely amazing wow and, uh yeah 
pretty intense. So two pretty big updates. <laughs> <laughs> two very different gig gigging weekends. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's get into it then. Mm. So home studios, content creation. What a topic. What a topic. Where should we begin? So yeah, so I mean, the kind of, the thing that we wanted to touch on today is, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this is that, um, it's it's more and more of a thing now to have home setups and obviously with the technology available and stuff and, and myself and Ben um, had to get used to this and, and kind of get reasonably good at this pretty yeah. quickly totally. for the extra content that we give to our patrons. So I actually, I was very lucky um, in lockdown to find a space yeah. and, you know, I'm not saying that this is accessible for everyone because it's not, but... I moved out of London and I moved back to, to my hometown Margate and um, I was like, look, I need somewhere. I've got more and more equipment now. I need somewhere really just to store all my stuff. Yeah. So I was looking around like safe storage spaces oh, and all yeah, this yeah, sort yeah. of stuff. And Big as soon yellow, as I, all, all the yeah, all those things. And as soon as I mentioned drums, they were like, no, absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, because there's a lot of spaces in London where you can kind of go and you can rent uh, shared spaces with drummers or you can, you know, uh, rent some of the safe store places. I had one with Johnny Brister a little while yeah, ago. Yeah, I remember that. So yeah, he yeah. had one in London. So I was like, oh yeah, maybe I can get one in, in Thanet. And everyone hated it. And then I really, it was just by accident, there's this place called Boxed, Boxed Up Storage, which is just, it's like I could walk to it in five minutes from my house. And I went down there and I walked in and they've got these fishing containers, right? And they've been insulated. They've got lights. They've got power. They've got Wi-Fi. They've got all these things. And I was like, well, this is really cool. Um, and there's, a, there's, you know, little things like there's a toilet you can use, you know, because obviously if you're there all day and stuff, yeah, there's a totally, beautiful yeah. calf down the road. And the guy used to play drums in the military. Oh, nice. And he was excited by the idea. And I was like, look, you know, could I sort of, you know, soundproof this and, and make it into a studio? And he's like, fill your boots. So I basically took over this place and I spent all of lockdown soundproofing it treating it setting up lights cameras a mixing section a storage unit I put loads of shelves up like it's it's actually i've put a lot of work into yeah. it and that's where i do all the content now and it's you know it's taken me about two or three years to get it to where i want it to be yeah but that's my that's my setup now. I'm very lucky and I pay very little a month to yeah. have it. You know, some of the spaces in London are like a thousand pounds a month. Ridiculous. Well, I mean, you know, when you used to share that space in, in Acton, you know, was it Acton? It was Acton, wasn't it? Was it was Acton, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was not cheap and that was a long time yeah. ago. So that's awesome. So um, just you in the yeah, space. And that's the beautiful yeah. thing. I've got it to a place now where I literally walk in, I plug my laptop in, yeah. everything turns on, and I press record. I've got templates in Logic. I've got everything set up. Yeah. And I just go. See, this it's is where I, I get very jealous. <laughs> and also, this is where I've struggled the most. So mm. you would think that bass, you know, interface, cable, off you go, headphones, camera. And it is true. That is all it is. It's not like miking up a drum kit and, mm. you know, you've done such an amazing job because the drums sound amazing. I mean, like, I think anyone who's listened to the content will will attest to that. The problem I have is that I don't have a space. So every time I want to make content, I have to set up the space. And I find that so draining because I use our spare bedroom, which is also the office. So, because it's nice, it's got a nice sort of backdrop and I've mm. set the 
the um, the desk up and everything but I have to set it up every time. If I, and I was weighing up those two things, I was like, should I just get a space? But then I'm paying money for it. And I'm, how much am I going to use? Like, it's that thing, right? So now I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm trying to find ways for it to get easier and easier. I'm definitely getting better. Like I'm starting to see like the backdrops and stuff. Like, okay, so I've got that kind of aesthetic. I'll keep it like that. But for me, the biggest challenge is actually just physically being like, okay, let's set the cameras mm-hmm. up. Let's get the lights up. I mean, that's like a 25, 30 minute job before you've even started recording. And obviously sometimes you look and you're like, oh, it doesn't look like I want it to. And then you start recording and you're like, oh, I'm just thinking this isn't where it should be. So then you start <laughs> getting in your own head. Yeah, yeah. Then you start making mistakes. Then you realize you haven't put the second camera on and you're like, oh my God, this is so frustrating. But I think I've learned a lot. Well, I definitely have learned a lot about content creation. And I think one of the things I've learned the most is that you have to be ready to get frustrated. You have to give yourself like so much permission. And I think like when you do content, just make sure you really, really rehearsed it. Yes. And that's not just like the physical playing. I mean, talking it out, like pretending you are going to speak. And I've found this so many times where I've gone in and I've gone to, and I've played. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is sounding great. And I go speak about it. And I'm like, I know what I mean. I've got absolutely <laughs> no idea yeah, yeah. how I'm supposed to communicate this to people. And it's different because in teaching, you can make a mistake, but you just carry on because it's live. You're you're in the room with someone. You can be like, no, sorry, guys, I didn't mean that. What I meant is this. On the camera, you're like, oh, okay, that's a cut there, right? Okay, so let's try and think about, what was I saying? Okay, right. But then you're in your own head and then you get like the red light fever, right? Have you had that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, and this is a shout out to anyone that creates content out there because I think you'll agree to this, mate, but I've learned in the last two years so much about it and it's oh, yeah. all been from me looking back at takes and being like you're an idiot you look you look so stupid what what the fuck are you talking about and i think like totally. with with creating content there's so many things you have to think about because for me yeah recording drums like you can if you're if you're a drummer out there and stuff and you're thinking about doing this you can create amazing content with one mic yeah you don't have to have 10 mics and all this stuff no. obviously I do that because I do remote recording and stuff and it's something that I wanted to do. But you could literally have a little interface with a kick drum mic and an overhead. You could have two mics or you could have a room mic and you could still, there's there's guys out there that do amazing content. There's also a lot of drummers that use that, um, the Yamaha EAD, I think it's called. EAD, I think it's called that. Is that the one that the Groove Father yeah, he's, he's, uh, sounds amazing. I mean, yeah, he's it's he's done pretty well. <laughs> Mate, he's, he's, he's smashing one of the, probably the biggest online creator yeah, there is for probably drums. Probably is for drums, definitely, yeah. Um, so you can do that. You haven't got to have that stuff. But one thing I think the best bit of advice I could give you is, is have a plan. Yeah. Because I actually have a whiteboard in my room and I write out the plan. So it's like, oh, nice. turn on both cameras. Yeah. Because I have an overhead shot now and a main shot for talking. Yeah. Make sure all the mics are in record in logic on recording oh, yeah. in logic. Then I have um like intro, uh playthrough one playthrough medium tempo playthrough slow i have all these things because yeah. otherwise you press play and you're like hi guys it it's it's john from <laughs> behind the beat and i'm gonna play something for you <laughs> so, so, so shit. i know exactly what and you, mean. And you know what it's yeah. like when you go into like when that like now 
let's say I come up with a concept so it's like playing I don't know a groove in 6-8 or a 16th note groove yeah it's cool I've got the concept but then when you go into it it's like hey guys so today we're going to get into this concept that I've created and it's um <laughs> I don't really so know. Right. <laughs> it's exactly it. As soon as that red light goes on, it's just like, it's game over. So I I almost, uh, I sometimes if I've got a bit of time, I actually do a little run through. Yes. Um, and also the thing I think I've struggled with the most is thinking about the cuts. Yes. So uh, w- when I first started doing it, I'd, I'd do something and I'd play through and I'd just go straight into you know, me talking about it. And then when I get back to the video, I'm like, oh, I should have paused there because yes. then the cut's not close oh enough God. and there's all totally. these things. Totally. And, uh, you, you felt that as yeah, well? Yeah, totally. And then you go into like whatever editing software you're using and you're sat there going, so which of these two shitty frames am I going to have to accept that this is going to be the cut, right? Because you, yep. you didn't get what you want. So now you're like, well, it's too late. I'm not going to set everything back up and go again. So you're like, okay, I'll go for this one and then you try and sort of like, you know, do a cross dissolve or something to try and hide it. But it's just, it is, it's just the planning thing is so true. Do you script? I don't script, but I I know roughly what I want to say. Do you mark in any way like prompts or anything in terms of like what you would speak? Or Some, is that just up here? Um, I think from the years of teaching, I can, I yeah. can roughly get by, but I do, I mean... I might do a little reel at some point where it's it's me going from start to like oh, or, love to or at that. least a few bits because it's I, I'll say stuff like hey guys it's it's John from Beh- from there you go oh, there. <laughs> and I'll be like fuck 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 and just get like I, you know when you're in the zone I think sometimes if you if you start flowing it's fine but yeah. for me it's the, it's starting oh, it's the once start. I've started 100%. it's alright but you know for the first bit I'll do it and I'll be like shit shit yeah. and then, and then just like it's 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 tricky. Saying hi guys, I it's know. Ben from Behind the Beat sounds like the cringiest thing I, I have ever said. And I've said <laughs> it so many times now, but I'm like, I hate my name, I hate the company name, everything I time I say it, and I don't obviously hate either of those things, but I'm like I think it's that it's that being on thing. Cause you know, some people can just walk into a room and turn it on straight away. That's just yeah. who their personality is. And I wouldn't say I'm not one of those people. I think I'm very sociable. I'm you know, teaching and leading has given me loads of experience of meeting someone and being like, I think we're cool. We can have a vibe. But there's something about sitting there with two cameras pointed at you on your own, knowing that you're the only one who's running this show that even just that, for me, it's the moment where you know you're recording, but then you have to start. <laughs> so you're like, You're like, hi guys. And you look and it's that little, it's that little movement towards (laughs) the look at the lens. And it's so cringe. (sighs) But like, once you're through that bit, it's like, oh, I'm in it now. But that's the moment. I tell you what we should do is do a reel of just the first five seconds before speaking. Yeah. Because that's the, but you see like news readers doing that. They're like, And then they're like, the arsonist had utterly feet. Exactly. (laughs) The human torch was denied a bank loan. (laughs) But it is because you have to be like, and then on. No thought. You are switched on. And it's tough. It's really tough. Do you do, maybe this is just me, but I I think actually the podcast has helped with this, kind of just Mm. talking and, and trying to think about what you're saying. But I do this thing. If I'm having a really good take. Yeah. 
I almost self-sabotage oh. it towards the end. So like I'm playing through and I'm like, this is going great. And then I make a mistake and I'm just like, and I, I start thinking about you doing so totally. well. Keep going, keep going, totally. keep going. And then it just completely goes to shit towards the end. But yeah, yeah I don't know. And, and do you know what I really struggle with? The sign-offs. Oh. So guys, that was a great lesson. And it's like, it just yeah, like, it so sounds awful. Crazy. It sounds awful. Oh. Luckily, like I think what we've done is which is see you on the next session, which yes. is our little sign-off line. You can just use that and I mean, sometimes I say it and I'm like, <laughs> afterwards. And sometimes I'm like, actually, that's great. That really just capped it off nicely. So, yeah, one of the things I really find as well is you've really got to be in the mood to totally. want to create content. So, you know, you were saying when you kind of you've set up and it's taken a while to set up and stuff. I sometimes I picture myself and I'm like, I'm in a shipping container <laughs> on my own. <laughs> With my drums and the camera's <laughs> pointing at me and I'm talking to a camera. It's really surreal. It's like I'm not talking to, I'm not teaching to no. anyone. I'm talking to a Sony camera yeah. and a GoPro yeah. above my head. And it's like, this is really weird. Totally. And you've really got to like, I think the thing I've, I've noticed most is when I watch back the footage, you've got to really turn it on. Yeah. Like you need to be animated and you know guys we're going to go over this today and this is gonna be really cool and this is the concept and let's get in you know you know hi oh, it's today gonna we're going to look at nah. 16th notes and i love the drums and it's really fun oh, it's like yeah. you've, you've got to be i think when you think you're being animated you've got to go even more totally you know what i mean and there's loads of parallels to performance with that so like we say this to students loads but i've you know i've noticed it in professionals as well like some people just have no stage presence mm. like they're great players and they're great people but they're just the dullest pig shit to watch. And it's like, you've got to make a decision there. Like, are you selling this? Do you care? Because mm. it feels like you really hate your job right now. And like being on stage with you is like the worst day of your life. Like, yeah. I think, do you know what really helped me with this was teaching during lockdown where you were basically <laughs> sat in front of a screen for fucking hours a day and you just had avatars because no one turned their freaking camera on because they're like, well, yeah, <laughs> in that. bed. In bed. And you're sitting there going, so God, I tell you what, I was so exhausted from teaching online that now I'm like, oh, actually, it's not too bad. The thing about teaching online, though, is that it is live. So you can just make a mistake easy again. It's the, it's the do or die moment of capturing that really screws me up. And the other day, I did some content and it was supposed to go up this month. And I went back in to edit it. And for some reason, I could not find the audio from the bass. <clears throat> and you just have to accept that it's gone. You oh. can't find it. It's probably not been copied over properly or I've deleted it by accident. So the other thing I would massively recommend to anyone doing content, because we haven't even spoken about editing yet. We talk no, about editing yeah. next, which is the absolute ball like of life, but also the sweetest the sweetest moments can be in the editing as well. <clears throat> but label your files and your folders. Massively. Because it is so frustrating when you come out and you're like 45, 66, 95, something. Something about, 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 and you're like, what are these things? Put them into folders. Get some kind of system in terms of the, the footage from your camera, <clears throat> the audio from whatever instrument you're recording, and then put them in a folder so you can find them when you go to move into the editing part. The amount of times at start, I just had them in the downloads folder and I was just like, I think this is no. it. And I know, I know, very unlike yeah, me, right? Unlikely. But I think when you're under pressure, you just think, oh, I haven't got time for folders. They will save you so much time. Yeah. There's also, 
a couple of things I would definitely shout out and we'll put them in um, in the links below. But Think Media, which is a YouTube channel, they're amazing. I learn everything about my camera just from watching their videos. And they're things like learn the, what is it? Is the EOS, the Canon one that I've got in 20 minutes. So you just watch 20 minutes and yeah, you're like, good. oh my God, I know how to use my camera now. And I know a little bit about Aperture and I know a little bit about ISO and all of these things. Like, don't be afraid to resource yourself because there are so many content creators out there for creating content. It's like content creators who show you how to create content. Do you remember when we were, when we were talking about TikTok? Yeah. Because like, you know, John and I are in our sort of mid to late 30s. We do not, we're not a TikTok generation. We're picking up TikTok from the younger generation. And we were like, right, we're going to get into the duets thing. Yes. So, we, so there we were. We were like, how do you duet on TikTok? And we were watching some 15-year-old girl tell us how to do it. And that's amazing because otherwise, she how was, are you supposed to do it? She was amazing. She was really good. Really good videos, really good content. So you've got to resource yourself, but definitely don't go in cold. Don't think, oh, I'll just figure it out because you will get so frustrated yeah. in the beginning, right? And I, I think there's, you know, there's little things you can do as well to make your videos look really professional. And I think the th yeah. you know the thing that we uh, paid some money for was our logo. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know all those little things that you know like the outro, the the logo at the beginning, the yeah. outro logo. That makes a massive difference because you can kind of like you know sort of um, you've got a start and an end already before you've even done the content. Yeah. And it looks really professional. If you look at any of the the content creators that are doing it really well, they all have that little logo and also. You know, on our outro logo, we've got all of the socials so you can yeah. find us and stuff. And that, for me, makes you look like you've actually thought about it. Yeah, totally. There's some professionalism about you. You're not just doing it on your phone and, you know, whatever. But yeah. then again, you can just do it on your phone as you well. Can, you, totally. can, you can really do this at, you know, a massive sort of budget level definitely but it's just a little bit of thought that goes into it that can then make it great you know little like clever cuts and we'll talk about the editing now yeah definitely um but I, th that for me was a game changer having the behind yeah. the beat logo at the beginning and the end it just it makes it look and the little fade into the content yeah a little bit of music behind yes that was talking. something you spoke about the other day yeah. so like if you if you ever look at john and my whatsapp it's just voice notes after voice notes going i've just had this thought about this just had this thought about this and like when you were like mate i think i've just found something really cool like when i was talking over this last video i put this little bit of music and i checked it out i was like oh that's brilliant yeah. and it's you know you don't really know what the music is but it's it's some it's atmosphere right it creates atmosphere and you can just get those for free you can just download some tracks some you know from one of the stock sharing music. things stock music put it in there um, and it makes a huge difference. I think you're right. I think the production quality is so important. Like, and it is. It's little things. It's like intros, outros, logos, music. And then you can now get into like color grading yeah. and some of the geekier stuff. So you're a Final Cut person. Yeah. I'm a Premiere Pro. Oh, although I'll be honest with you, the only reason I use Premiere Pro is because I've got the Adobe Suite. I would like to use Final Cut because it's, it feels to me a lot easier. Premiere Pro is quite intense. If like the first yeah. time I opened it, I was like, "Where's the video go?" I know because you're just looking at all these windows and you're like, "This is so intense." So again, I went on a YouTube channel, Premiere Pro for idiots, Premiere Pro for beginners. And I just watched the basics, and there is I can't remember. I'll find the link and I'll put it in the show notes. But there's ones at 15 minutes, know the basics of Premiere Pro, and I watched that and I was like, "That was amazing." Yeah, that has just given me all the basics I need. And then 
from there I've started to experiment and but to be honest what I edit is not that complicated but it needs to just be really precise and really simple for me because you could edit for hours mm -hmm. you could take a 15 minute video and edit for four hours mm -hmm. do you find that when you're editing that time just goes yeah so, I, I, so weird. I really love the editing process i've got to love it more now yeah like once you've got the content you've got the audio and you drop it all in then you kind of start to see it come yeah, together cool. i love it and so i would say if you're looking to get into it um final cut if you get final cut it's just a one-off fee yeah so you buy the you program buy you own it with premiere pro you uh, pay monthly subscription. Yeah, right? I have an Adobe suite. Cool. So yeah, exactly. I pay the monthly. So that's the difference. I did say, so Charlie, who does all of our content, I did ask him about this. And he was saying that he feels like Final Cut is, it's, it's, it's easier to kind of get to know it quicker. Yeah. But, totally. you know, he uses Premiere Pro, so maybe... Ah, I thought he used Final Cut. I no. didn't realise that. So maybe for a, like a more professional, maybe Premiere Pro is better. I just find Final Cut I just started to use it in lockdown yeah. and I did the same thing. I went to YouTube and was like, you know, uh, how do you um, yeah. do this? Uh, what are the shortcuts for this? Totally. How do you color grade? You know, and it, there's just someone doing it and it's a step-by-step, -step, you know, guided experience all the yeah. way through. So I, I would say if you want to do it, there's no excuse really not to. There's, there, is, there is literally a tutorial video out there for, for everything. everything. How yeah. do you open Final Cut? Yeah. Click on yeah, it. Yeah, no, totally. There'll be a video There'll for that. There'll be a that. video for that, 100%. How do you download the driver? There'll be a video for that. Yeah. Where do you download Final Cut? There's there's literally videos out there for everything. Yeah, definitely. And what have been your biggest challenges in editing? Ooh. I think, do you know what? So I, I, I learned this the other day. So because my, let me get this right. Because my Sony camera is... English. Oh God, I know what you're gonna say. It's I record in 25 frames per second. Yeah. But because my GoPro is American, it's recorded in 24 frames per second. Yeah. So when you drop the clips into Final Cut, uh, one of them yeah. is slightly longer than the other one. Yeah. So what you need to do, and it, I find that my Sony camera syncs up with Logic. Right. So the audio file perfectly. Yeah. The GoPro doesn't. So I have to, I can't remember if it's either I have to speed it up or slow it down, but I have to speed it up or slow it down by a certain percentage yeah. for it to link up. Makes and sense. I didn't know that. And that is because of the voltage yes. of the lights. That's right? it. So yes. you get this like weird flicker of the lights for American voltage. And yeah, English. different voltage, different voltage, different electricity. Which is mental, but I didn't know that. So when I first dropped my footage in, I was like, I'm an idiot. I've done something wrong. Yeah. And Charlie, <laughs> bless him. I love you, mate. He's um, he's just been there every step of the way. I'm like, dude, why is it doing this? I've yeah. sent so many voice notes. Yeah. He's like, it's because of this. You need to do this, this, and this. But it is like there's little things like that that can be that can stop you. I mean, it, it stopped me. My first ever one I did with two cameras, I think it took me six or seven hours to figure that out. And yeah. I was just sitting there going... Why? Why? Why has it got to be so difficult? And it's so punishing. You're like, I don't yeah. want to do this. I've spent seven hours and I've not done yeah. anything yet. It's and so like punishing. little things. Now when I go in, I do three big clicks. Yeah, me too. I do. So I sit there. Clap. So I, I do. I so I clap on the. I realise that if I clap, that's fine. But if I just hit the bass, I've also got the signal from the bass, and it's so loud it gets picked up on the mic. So I've got almost like a clap within the base and the camera footage. That's so cool. I don't have to align them. Yeah. Well, I do, but I just have to align them to that one thing, yeah. which is really nice. 
And I, so I just get my sticks and in the air, I go one, oh. two, nice. three to the overheads. Yeah. And then I can see the waveform in logic yeah. when I bounce the audio file down and also on the camera audio. Of course, because it's picked up. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because if you think about, I don't know, when we were students, so, you know, 15 years ago or whatever it was, you would never be creating content on your own. Like, if you would, you were one of the few people. Yes, it was so rare that people would do that. And you'd have to pay someone. You have to pay a videographer yeah. to come and do that for you. And of course now, well, look, you know, how would you start a, a video radio show 25 years ago? You couldn't unless you were hired to do that. And now we're sat here doing our own podcast and all this stuff. And anyone can do this. But put the work in, like, well, ask yourself this question. Am I up for getting really frustrated? Because <laughs> yes. if the answer is no, <laughs> put the work in because there's so much information out there. And like, we are not saying we are experts at all. If, once we've pressed stop on today, we'll talk about 50 things we could do better. But just know the basics and set yourself up for success. Yeah. And... I think it depends on what you're doing as well. It's a bit different for us because it's part of a product that we are offering and selling. So we, you know, we're really proud of what we do. We want it to be good for our patrons. We really respect and are so grateful for their support. If you're just doing this for yourself, you can lower the bar a little bit and be a bit more generous with yourself. Think, okay, well, let me get used to that. Like, do some basic stuff that helps you to start learning first. But don't feel the pressure to just put stuff out if you're not happy with it. Because that feeling of watching something back going, this is not good. Yeah. That's a horrible feeling. That was a bit of a tangent. Um, but editing-wise, back to editing, what other things would you take away from your editing process? So I would say one of the big things that I've learned over this whole process is lighting. Oh, yeah. Right? So we have literally behind these cameras yeah. now, we have... Uh, photography lights and the one thing i would say is they're not expensive nope. at all you can get some on amazon yeah, for like 70 quid or something they were something like that you can get i think you can get like two for like 70 quid that's the, right? that's the ones i got like i think they're about 70 quid for two of them again i'll link them down in the show notes yeah definitely there's there's loads out there but i would say um that the biggest thing that i've i've kind of learned is is work on where you position your lights yeah and also how sort of intense they are or whatever. Every room is going to be different, but they make such a difference in the editing process. Yeah. And like Charlie's been amazing with that. You know, think about the best photos you've ever taken. It's usually with really natural, good lighting. Yeah, totally. If you're in, you know, in the sun, but not not too much sun, so it's overexposed. But I would say lighting is is key because it just, it kind of frames the shot. It makes everything look yeah. nice and crisp. And totally. So that, like, I would say if you were going to do, let's say you want to get into editing content and let's say you're a singer, yep. you could do it on such a budget. You could buy a couple of lights or maybe even just one if you're in a, a small room, Yeah. get a, a DAW, so um, like Logic or something like that, get a mic and an interface and you're good to go. Yeah. And then if you want to do educational content, think about, you know, getting logos yeah. at either end, of, either end of, your, of your edits and also think about your content as well like uh an intro how you know are you going to have a theme so is it going to be every video is it going to be hi i'm blah 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 and today we're looking at this you know are you what's your unique selling point like yeah. what is your brand and i think we've started to do that you know see you on the next session is yeah. something that's that's come into yeah. our content quite a lot 
And also um, we say, hi, it's John from Behind the Beat here or hi, it's Ben from yeah. Behind the Beat here. And, and we've we've made it look, you know, the way we wanted to yeah, with our brand. It's got so, identity. Identity, definitely. definitely. But I think for me, lighting is key. Lighting is yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Lighting, I, I can't really think of anything better than lighting. I think it's so important. I think the other thing as well, like I was listening to another podcast on leadership about um, things being ready, basically prototyping mm. things in business. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, and this really stuck with me. If you wait for things to be ready, it's been too late. Don't be afraid to prototype stuff. So like this podcast is a great example Season one, we were not videoing. We mm. were just doing audio. And it was really cool. We really loved it. We had loads of fun. Now we move to video. Anyone who's watched episode one will be like, well, that's a different shot that they did in episode one because we're constantly okay with just being like, well, we could make this a bit better. Let's just prototype a bit and let's see what happens. And actually, don't be afraid, though, to just kind of get stuff out if you're happy with it and then look back and go next time I could improve that mm. depending on the context unless you're obviously if you're selling something you've got to be happy to sell it to someone it's got to be worth their money it's fair enough there's got to be some you know value there but like I see the students all the time sort of like putting up videos and some of them are awful like they're just they're just not fit for purpose it's like what ask yourself like what you're trying to do you're trying to sort of advertise what you're doing but you haven't considered anything in terms of I don't, no one knows what you look like because you put your face out of shot like do you know what I mean like think about what you want to do but then prototype it up so like try something get some feedback put it out there but don't wait for it to be perfect because that will basically stop you from releasing anything yeah. but it's like the basic quality level needs to be there and you should benchmark it against people you like and think well okay you know let's say you know, we took a lot of inspiration from Mike and Eddie and obviously Scott's bass lessons and Drumio and things like that. Now, we don't have their spends, so there's no way we're going to create content at that level because it costs a huge amount of money. Yeah, really we don't does. have people employed to do this for us. We're doing it ourselves. But we can go, oh, I like what they did there. We can bring that down a little bit or oh, I like that vibe. Let's try and bring that. Like, you can constantly be inspired without having the money. And I think yes. that's the thing, like, what you do have to do if you don't have the money is the research. That's where the work comes in. You can't just go, oh, I haven't got money, you know, I haven't got the money, so I'm going to do crap content. It's like, no, but go and look how you can make it better for free. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, lights obviously is different. You do have to invest sometimes in gear. But little things like background, what is in my shot? What am I wearing? Are my clothes on my bed? I remember when I was doing videos during lockdown, I did one every week. It was really fun, actually. It really was something to focus on for me those weeks because they were so tough. And I remember doing a video and I was really happy with it. And my girlfriend saw it. She was like, you've left the washing in the background. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. It's a bit pizza there. It's like washing line with like my pants on. There, stuff. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think because I was just thinking, bass looks great, sounds great. This is awesome. Yeah. I never considered the background. So... Think about things that you can change for free. And then when you're ready, invest money. Yes. I don't think you have to start with loads of money. Obviously, you have to have a camera, but most people could do it on their phone. Lights are probably the only essential thing, unless you've got good natural light, or maybe you film at a certain time of the day where you use the natural light in your room for free. Yeah, Just consider those things. I think that's one of the things I've learned from doing this the most. And now I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. What I, about you? 
Yeah, I, th- I think do your research. I think, like, like you say, it hasn't got to be a crazy budget, but there are a lot of people doing content out there very well. Oh, yeah. So you are, if you want this to be something that, you know, is, is part of your, I suppose, income or if you want yeah. to make money from it, there's people out there that are doing it incredibly well, uh, an incredibly high standard as yeah. well. So it's like, and consistently. like you say, you haven't got to spend thousands millions of pounds whether but it is worth doing the research and it's like go to the content go to the guys that you like and, yeah. and why do you like their videos what is it that they do well um and then you know that's what we did we took certain things i was like i like that angle i like the way they've lit that yeah i like their cuts i like where the camera is in the room i like you know how they how they deliver their content and it that stuff is free because you can literally just go onto youtube yeah. and research it so, totally and i would say i say with this stuff just be prepared to be constantly learning. Like, yeah. you know, and also have days where you've done the best take ever and you get to the camera and you haven't pressed record. Oh, yeah. Because I've done that so many times. Oh, man, and it's the worst thing ever. And you almost want to give it all up. You do. You're yeah. like, do you know what? In that moment. I'm out. And I think there's a parallel to draw there as a kind of a closing thought for me. Mm. Being a musician and being like developing your musicianship is exactly the same as developing your content. Agreed. You have to be ready to get it wrong. Some days you're going to have good days and bad days do your research, like they're the same thing. And I think that's one of the things that I love about what we do, but it's also so difficult. I constantly feel we're learning, which is great, but I constantly feel we're learning, which is like, <laughs> yeah, I oh know. my God, can't that's we just so get good. it? Can't we just enjoy it for a second? But saying that, when it's right, yes, it is just the most beautiful feeling. When you're left with something, you go, do you know what? I'm really proud of that. Yeah. I'm really proud of that. So that's my takeaway is like, yeah. just lean into that journey, take the learning but also just be prepared for frustration give yourself a break because it's not always going to go well so that's that's it that's my takeaway what about you yeah i think i think just give yourself permission to um you know i suppose you've got to be patient i think i think and, and just with, with the content like it can be frustrating but i think like you said it's one when i get to the end of the video and i've i've put all this effort in i've edited it and stuff and it's taken hours when you finally watch it back you're like oh this is really cool and I get a real sense of pride from it. I think the years of putting in the work do do pay off. It's yeah. like your instrument, isn't it? If you think about your instrument, you know, you, you spent years and years learning your instrument and then we want to be good at video editing in two seconds. Yeah. It's like, it's actually quite disrespectful to the people that do it for a totally. job, Totally, right? that's such a good point. And it's like, give your, you know, you, it's almost like starting again. And I yeah. think we, you're never going to be good straight away. We want to see what Charlie does. It's mental. So, oh my God, yeah. I think just be patient, constantly learn, do your research, and I think it's 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 you can be really proud yeah. um, when you get to the end of that edit and it's actually worked out and stuff. And you know, I I, I really enjoy it when I'm in when I'm in the right mood. I really enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a great place to leave it, guys. We'll see you on episode three. Take care. Peace. Bye. been listening to beats and best friends a behind the beat production it was recorded at icmp queens park the intro music features john harris on drums ben jones on bass adam goldsmith on guitar and nick Ferry on keyboards thanks for stopping by and we'll see you on the next session 